Hi, this is Adina here with today's episode of Wonder Your Way to Brilliant, podcast show of courage to be curious. And this is the grand finale episode of our year-long exploration of Courageous Connections. 2018 is coming to a close in just a couple of days, and it always feels like such a momentous moment in some way, and perhaps an overrated moment in another way because life is just continuing, but momentous in the passage of time because we're reminded that another year has passed, that time keeps traveling and keeps moving forward regardless of the choices that we make, regardless of how fully we've lived, how much we've loved, how much we've withheld, how much pain we've experienced, that time is something we will never control and it just keeps passing. And it gives us this really beautiful opportunity to say, to remember, be reminded that life is created in what we make of each and every moment. And so I wanna just bring this final thought to the end of the year and this offering for what you might consider or think about in the final few days of 2018. We've been talking all year long around courageous connection. We've talked about courageous connections with others, courageous connections with ourselves, courageous connections to food, courageous connections in various kinds of ways. And I wanna bring it back to the courageous connection with self as we come to this final closing episode. Because I would like to say I believe, but I'm convinced, I'd almost like to assert it as true, that the depth and level of our connection to others is always mirroring the depth and level of connection, the honesty of connection that we feel with ourselves. And so in any aspiration to have courageous connections with others, whether that's to start courageous conversations around difficult topics, whether it's to acknowledge people fully that we don't know, whether it's to have deep intimacy in relationships, it all is going to stem and originate with the level and depth of that connection to ourselves. So this final episode returns to that place. My invitation is to consider these days at the end of the year as a moment to explore this, but perhaps in a different way than we typically explore when we're taking stock. The Jewish New Year actually comes, for me, comes in the fall, and there's this notion at the end of a year of taking stock of your life, like almost doing an accounting of it. And in Christmas, that you know, just passed for many people, this idea of, you know, when were we naughty, when were we good, and those kinds of things. And in this moment, what I want to invite is that the end of the year review be an accounting or a taking stock in a particular way. I've talked many times in the past about how the brain works and how we gravitate toward looking for flaws or faults or things that don't work or problems and things like that because our, our brain has this biologic wiring that's millions of years old that leans toward the negative, the morose, the what's wrong, the problem finding and seeking um, aspects. And that aspect, our biological tendency will remain strong 
but can be weakened or can be lessened by the degree to which we orientate towards something else. And something else that we've learned is we've learned that virtually everything is a muscle memory or a cellular memory. So when we have felt moments of shame, if we keep reliving those moments of shame, we're likely to continue experiencing more moments of shame. Likewise, if we experience moments of joy and we take time to keep reliving and remembering those experiences of joy, the more deeply those memories and the sensation of the experience of joy becomes embedded in our cellular level, in our DNA, in our memory structures. Our mind only follows the patterns that we give it to follow. So if we give it patterns of pain, patterns of failure, patterns of shame, patterns of disappointment to chew on all day long, it's going to search around and soak up, seek out all the experiences that could continue to bring about those same feelings of pain and disappointment and sadness and those kinds of things. However, if we give it an ample diet of something else, it's amazing how the mind and the entire body and being and all of our energy will start to seek out and attract the things that match what we've been spending our time chewing on. So here is what my offering is. My offering is to see if this recounting at the end of 2018 can be a moment of celebrating, celebrating ourselves, celebrating our successes and achievements, yes, but celebrating our moments of joy, celebrating our moments of connection, celebrating the things that make us smile, the things that we want to bring more of into our lives. And one of the things that keeps people from doing this, keeps people from sitting down and literally celebrating what they feel good about, celebrating a success, relishing and reveling in the good, I think has to do with this feeling of fearing that we can be self-indulgent or maybe there is an arrogance or a self-absorption associated with doing that. And I was reading something this morning on a blog and I thought it spoke to this so profoundly and so well. The teaching was actually from a blogger, but she brought forth the teaching of Thomas Leonard in a book called The Portable Coach, 28 Surefire Strategies for Business and Personal Success. Now, admittedly, I haven't read the book, but I did review this teaching that this blogger brought forward. And the teaching of Thomas Leonard that she brought forward was the distinction between confidence and arrogance. The confidence is knowing exactly what you do well, and arrogance is covering up what you don't do well or feel you don't do well. Broadening that out is that confidence and self-love is about celebrating ourselves, what we're good at, what we contribute, what we have to offer. This podcast show is called Wonder Your Way to Brilliant because each one of us is endowed with an incredible brilliance. If we don't own that brilliance, we're actually stealing from society. We are failing to contribute the greatness of what we have to offer. 
And so it's not an arrogance to celebrate ourselves. It is not an arrogance to revel in what went well and you know, where we connected well, where we loved well, where we contributed thoughtfully, meaningfully, and that led to good outcomes. What it actually does to celebrate those things is to honor the brilliance we were born with. It's to honor the God or the divine within ourselves and to make that contribution even more robustly out into the world. And so it's knowing exactly who you are. It's knowing exactly what you have to offer, knowing exactly what you do well, and the willingness, the willingness to allow it to shine. Arrogance and self-indulgence is this experience exactly. It's, it's professing so much because, in fact, you're unwilling to look at the things you don't do well, unwilling to look at the places of insecurity, unwilling to feel what is to be felt in the places that you don't feel proud of. And so instead of entering into them courageously and exploring them and seeing what's beneath them, it's going to arrogance or self-indulgence. But as this teaching offers, those things are just masks because we haven't been willing to do the work. And that's totally different from allowing our brilliance to shine. And I want to suggest that it's that distinction, that if we could fully lean into that distinction, we might all allow ourselves not only to shine more brilliantly, but to give ourselves moments to celebrate what's good therefore building a muscle and cellular memory for those good things and allowing more of them into our lives. So here's the structure of the practice. If you want to follow me on this, you know, I invite you along for the journey. Is that as you're at the end of 2018, take some time to take stock. Take stock of yourself in the following ways. Pick, I'm going to offer you like 10 different prompts. Choose one prompt and share it with a friend or write about it in a journal. Choose two or three. Make it the topic of discussion at dinner. Sit with yourself or with a close friend or an intimate partner. But pick any from one to ten of these and what if you gave yourself five minutes, 15 minutes, an hour to celebrate this about yourself or celebrate this experience and weave it embed it more deeply into your cellular memory, into your muscle memory for life. So choose from these 10. These are my offering as the close of 2018. So prompt number one, sit with and feel what do I feel most proud of from 2018? Prompt number two, when have I felt the most joy this year? And allow yourself to sit with Recount, remember, celebrate, seep, seep in, sip in the experience of joy again and again. When have you felt the most joy in 2018? Prompt number three, when have you experienced the greatest flow? Most of us love to be in flow and we think that it just happens by circumstance. And sometimes it is the, you know, convergence of energies and things like that that allow the flow to happen. But the more we believe that we're designed to operate in flow, the more we remember and embed the memory of being in flow, the greater the likelihood that that's what we'll continue to experience more of. 
So number three, when have you experienced the greatest flow? Prompt number four, when have you felt the most loved or the best cared for? Relationships can be really beautiful and wonderful aspects of our lives, and they can be really challenging too. There can be a lot of hurt and pain, and unfortunately, relationships can deteriorate over time when we allow ourselves to focus and chew on the pains and the difficulties. When we allow ourselves to focus and chew on the times we felt most loved or best cared for in any relationship, with a friend, with an intimate partner, with a child, with a parent, again, we build the memory, we build the muscle memory and the cellular memory for more of that. And we also remember what it feels like to feel blessed in that love. Prompt number five, where did I make a meaningful contribution this year? So many times I hear people relenting. I didn't do as much of this as I thought I should, or I didn't do as much of this as I wanted to. I've been guilty at this too. I didn't volunteer as many hours as I really wanted to, or I thought that I should have, or perhaps I didn't contribute as much money or in as many ways, or perhaps I, you know, whatever it is, I didn't make my full contribution. The beating ourselves up for what we didn't do actually also embeds in our cellular and memory, cellular um, memories and in our muscle memory. And then we tend to repeat that sense of lack or inadequacy or failure. So instead, what if we take time and say, where did I make a meaningful contribution? Where did I do what I intended or do something, bring something forth that had value for others? Prompt number six. When did I have the most fun? We could get into this thing that fun or play is like for kids and it's not really what responsible adults are supposed to do. But taking time for fun, for relaxation, for play is what makes life celebratory. It's what makes it enjoyable. And it also is what makes us more attractive, attractive to ourselves and attractive to others. And so when did I have the most fun? Let's remember it. Let's sip it in again and again, feed it into the system so that we might give ourselves permission and keep remembering again and again that it's important to have fun and to play in ways that we can do that. Prompt number seven, when did my heart feel most open? And this is a really important one because our hearts can constrict like in an instant. They probably constrict like again and again all day long. Anytime someone makes a comment that feels at all hurtful, anytime that something didn't go our way, anytime that, you know, somebody looked at us funny, you know, our hearts can get more and more constricted and can close off. And it's the very thing that keeps us from courageous connection. In order to be courageously connected, we have to have an open heart. We have to not be beating up ourselves or anybody else or reliving, you know, the ways we were wronged. So when did my heart feel most open? When did I feel literally open to myself, open to others, open to experience? And what if you took time to sit and recount that moment? What if we built that memory up so that it would be something we could continue to experience and expand on again and again? Prompt number eight, when did I feel most connected to someone I cared about? So prompt number four offered, when did I feel most loved or cared for by someone else? But when did I feel most connected? And it's just a slight shift in the orientation. But 
One is in a receptive mode and one is an offering mode. And so in this active offering mode, when did I feel most connected to someone? And the two of them might be the same experiences. They might be different. Maybe I felt connected to another person. Maybe I felt connected to an experience. Maybe I felt connected to a time. But when did I experience the sensation of feeling very connected to someone or something that's important to me? Prompt number nine is one of those that I feel is the most and one of the most important to keep cultivating. Oh, they're all important, but this one feels something at the root of when did I feel most authentic? When did I feel most like me? And it seems almost strange to have to put it out there that we have to remember what it feels like to truly be us. But we wear so many masks all day long. We play so many roles. We play, you know, mom or dad or partner or employee or consultant or, uh, you know, person standing in line or server at a restaurant or whatever all the roles are that we play. We play so many roles that this concept of who am I underneath the role, if I take off this role and I take off this costume and I take off this, you know, this position that I play, who am I? And when do I feel most authentic? When have I felt most authentic? And so it can sometimes feel like a scary question to go toward. Do I even know? But I want to really encourage this because if we want to truly have courageous connection to ourselves, whether we know the answer or it comes easily or it feels more challenging to ask that question, when have I felt most authentic? And to take that moment in, if there's only been one in your life, take that one and relive it and replay it again and again because it will lead to more. And if you've had many, relive them and play them and share them with others because it helps others on the path of connecting to their authenticity as well. And then number 10, just ask yourself this final finale question of what did I experience this year that I would like to experience more of? What did I experience this year that I would like to experience more of? Rather than what did I do that I don't want to do next year? The more we focus on that again and again, the more we focus on that, the more we're going to get of it because it builds the memory of it. it. All the things we learned in school about this were wrong. Don't focus on your mistakes in this respect. They're not going to help you. Focusing on your moments of shame or failure or falling short are just going to embed that experience more deeply into your being and bring forth more of it. Instead, what did I experience this year? I would like to experience more of. That is how we set the, the, the path forward for experiencing the life we want to live. So that final prompt, what did I experience this year that I would love to experience more, on, more of? So again, one journal prompt, all 10 in different ways, sharing them aloud, writing them, but it's something to spend more than a second on. If you wanted to get fit, right, you would go to the gym and you would keep exercising and keep exercising and eventually after weeks and months you would see your muscles grow or if you wanted to get healthy, you would start eating certain health, kinds of healthy foods and a healthy diet and then not overnight but over time, your body would condition to that and it would feel healthier in terms of the food you're eating. It is the same thing with our thoughts. The more we allow ourselves to chew on the good thoughts and the good experiences and relive them and talk about them and write about them, the more likely they are to bring forth more of that. So this is the grand finale for 2018, Wonder Your Way to Brilliant. It has been an absolutely brilliant year. I thank you for listening. We will be back in 2019. We are going to have a fabulous year of podcasting ahead of us and as well as many other wonderful opportunities and programs through Courage to be Curious in 2019. So have a blessed end of your year. 
build the muscle and cellular memory for the life that you love leading and that you want to lead more of. Share with me anything, any thoughts that you have that you would like to um, recount as a part of practicing these, working with these prompts. And if you are looking for more of the kinds of questions that can lead you to this fully intentionally, fully flourishing life, check out our Live, Lead, and Love with Courage to be Curious cards. They're at couragetobecurious.com under our resources, and we, you can explore what those have to offer there. Thank you so much for being part of our journey this year, and we'll be back in 2019.